Good morning. Happy Feast of the Epiphany. Despite our supposed civility today, as most of us know, it took 15 votes this week just to elect a new Speaker of the House of Representatives in Washington, D.C. And throughout this week, there was anger, bickering, accusation, and political maneuvering that has been preceded by crisis after crisis over the last several years. Frankly, it's exhausting. It seems to be unique to our day. In the modern day, though, just as in days gone by, politics can be messy and complicated, which brings us to the story of the Magi on this Feast of the Epiphany. As we just heard, foreign dignitaries called Magi came to do homage to the newborn king of the Jews. And at face value, it seems a touching part of the story of Jesus' birth, but actually this story had highly charged political overtones and consequences. For during the time of Jesus, the Persian Magi opposed the eastward expansion of the Roman Empire. So the visit of the Magi represented foreign interference, if you will, an aggression into the affairs of Herod, an appointee of the Romans. Through the comparison of political foes, St. Matthew communicated a prevalent reality throughout his gospel, that is, foreign seekers and Gentiles would recognize the Jewish Messiah again and again, but the leadership in Jerusalem would not. This theme foreshadowed the opposition of the Romans against the ministry of Jesus, and also in the time of St. Matthew, the oppression and the opposition of the Pharisees to early Christian communities. The scene begins with the arrival of the Magi in Jerusalem asking about a newborn king having been guided by a star. Ancient peoples believed that stars and constellations revealed the will of the divine, so that night sky took on an important role, a spiritual role, if you will. The bright stars were constant and showed direction in the darkness. We don't really have darkness like darkness before lights and before traffic lights and all those things that we have. And the connection between the stars, the will of God, and human affairs produced a class of astrologers, sages, or wise men who study the stars to ascertain, again, the will of the divine. The temples of Mesopotamia, in which are modern-day Iran and Iraq, were the home of the Magi. And those temples were built to observe the night sky. But the presence of these stargazing foreign sages in the capital caused fear and trepidation. Why? Why were they these unclean foreigners here? What do they want? What did it mean? Their question about a newborn king caused concern as Herod was the king. And the hierarchy of the temple and the leading men of Jerusalem were Herod's hand-picked cronies blessed by the empire. It was all very neat, and no one wanted a war and an op- opposing king. So it was a threat to power that foreign dignitaries came from out of the blue to visit a newborn king of the Jews, someone so important that his arrival and destiny was written right in the stars. The Magi's question had two consequences then. First, it predicted that someone besides Herod would very soon be king. 
And second, the election of the new leader chosen by the gods and announced by the stars included the implication that Herod was a scam. He was illegitimate. In the question of the Magi, we hear Matthew's theme of the coming Messiah and King. God's chosen one was here, and the old corrupt leadership would be swept away. And so ultimately, the Magi ask a loaded question that isn't really cute or endearing like so many believe it to be today. No, their question represented a threat to the king. So the temple leadership, the city fathers, and to Roman occupation. And in his panic, King Herod consulted the religious leaders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They respond by quoting Micah 5.2, which was even more concerning to Herod. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. It's all very interesting that Herod consulted the chief priests and the scribes of the people. They were certainly not a cohesive or unified group. It included the Sadducees, for example, who denied anything except the the Torah and the first five books of the Bible, as well as the Pharisees who accepted the prophetic books beyond the Torah. Matthew lumped them all together as accomplices, along with the court of Herod, in order to answer the question, where the Messiah would be born. And that they all cooperated foreshadows the opposition of those groups to Jesus' future ministry. Then Herod, in private, called the Magi together and found them the exact time of the star's appearance. And having sent them to Bethlehem, he ordered that the Magi inquire about this child. And when they found the child, they were to report back so that Herod might bow down before him as well, code for kill the opposition. Having heard the, the, the king, they set out, and behold, the star which they saw in, his, in the east led them to the place where the child was. But having been seen the star, they rejoiced with the overflowing joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they prostrated themselves, bowing before him. And having been warned in a dream not to turn back to Herod, they left for home in another way. It's great symbolism for what we do at the end of the Christmas season. Some translations, incidentally, use the term fallen instead of prostrate. That is, the men entered, bowed as if before royalty, and presented their gifts. This was standard protocol for visiting dignitaries. And incidentally, it's why we genuflect in front of the Blessed Sacrament before our Eucharistic King. Herod called the Magi into a private meeting to find out all the details. Well, we moderns and Americans might think this was prudent on the part of a king. The contemporaries of Jesus viewed this meeting as one more indication that Herod was a coward and his administration was devious, dishonorable, and most of all, illegitimate. Why is this? You know, in America, our most treasured gift is freedom and self-determination. Ancient cultures focused on the gift of family as the font of one's identity. 
mission and purpose. The culture was so focused on honor in public that anything done in private was viewed with suspicion. Secretive individuals were seen as self-absorbed, cowardly, devious, untrustworthy, and ultimately dishonorable. Herod's request to follow the Magi and honor the newborn king was weak and dubious, so the wise men had no obligation to partake in his shameless actions, thus returning home via a different route, and thus followed by the destruction of the holy innocents, as Herod, angry and paranoid, goes about killing the firstborn children of Bethlehem. In the end, the Magi did the honorable thing. They followed their calling. According to the ancient protocol, they approached, bowed, and honored the young king and his mother with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, the international currency. Frankincense, a pricey imported incense. And myrrh, the sweet-smelling resin that was used in medicine and for the preparation of a body for burial, which forecast Jesus' ultimate destiny to die as the savior of the world. The Feast of the Epiphany celebrates the revelation of Christ to the pagan nations, and it points to Israel's place as the source of God's revelation. The Magi came to see the newborn king, the one who would be a light to the nations, and their encounter foreshadowed the evangelical success that Christianity would have among the pagan peoples who hungered for God's truth. Their encounter also acknowledged Israel as God's chosen people. On the Feast of the Epiphany, as we close the Christmas season, we rejoice in the worship of those first seekers, the Magi, the shepherds. And we also reminded to honor God's people who gave us the great gift of Jesus our Lord. As we look back on the story of the Epiphany, let us remember who guided and revealed himself to the Magi, and that is God himself. And let us also remember that there are still seekers today who are in need of God's wisdom and grace and forgiveness and peace. And through our own evangelical efforts, I think the character we need to focus on today is not a person, but the star, the star that guided the Magi. Let us be like stars in our world today, and let us guide the lost to Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. <clears throat>